I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast, Podcast. where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 129. So this week we thought we'd do something different, one of our pause and reflect or just sort of discuss some other things. We were throwing around some ideas about what to talk about. And I certainly felt like I'd sort of already done quite a bit of reflecting and repeating of things that we've been talking about. So that didn't seem like the best kind of episode. So we thought we'd have one of those episodes where we talk about some other things we've been listening to or watching or reading or whatever that aren't really related to the kind of things that we normally talk about necessarily. So maybe you want to kick us off, Terry. Well, Daisy, I was thinking about what other things have I been paying attention to besides the podcast that I've been sharing with you? And I certainly have gotten back into doing jigsaw puzzles. So jigsaw puzzles require something to listen to or something to have on in the background. I've been doing more jigsaw puzzles. Nice. I got obsessed with them and I had to completely stop. But I've started doing them a bit more again too. I do get obsessed about them. So I've listened to a few books. I think I spent last Saturday and listened to an entire book while doing many jigsaw puzzles. (laughs) The past few months, I have been listening to some more novels. But recently, I've listened to a few that just keep me on my toes about some of the things you and I talk about and some of the things I talk about at work at The Fasting Method. And one is a book called The Six Habits of Growth by Brendan Burchard. This was a fabulous book. And I feel like I'm going to have to do a lot more jigsaw puzzles because I'm going to have to listen to it again. Actually, I should probably not do the puzzles and take notes because there are so many useful things in this book. Uh-huh. Sounds like something you need to share with us in more detail yeah. on some episodes coming up. Or maybe if it's that good. We could do what we did with Brene Brown's book. It's possible. It's well-written and really practical. And I'm very aware I can't tell you all that much about it because I was so focused on doing my jigsaw puzzles (laughs) that I don't know exactly what was in there. But I also listened to it while I was driving another time when I can't take notes. So it's definitely a book I need to listen to when I can take some notes and go back to implementing these things. And then this weekend, I started listening to another one, uh, a little more applicable again to kind of my work, and it's called The Confidence Gap. And it's all written about a therapeutic strategy called ACT. Oh, Oh, yes, that does sound familiar. I can remember when I was researching different techniques when I was looking for a counsellor and I seem to remember that came up as something that appealed to me but I can't for the life of me remember what it stands for. Just a second and I'll tell you. (laughs) I've got to google it too. (laughs) So ACT Daisy stands for acceptance and commitment therapy and it's really just kind of taking a new look at a lot of things but the part of this book that's kind of challenging me is that he talks a lot about the fact that positive thinking is a bunch of hooey and 
self-affirmations are a bunch of hooey. And it's like, oh, <laughs> man, you're just cutting at my heart. But <laughs> there is some really good stuff in this book. So I um, may have some more to, to report on that at some point. Those are the two um, kind of more intellectual books I've been listening to recently. And I went through several short entries and then a book by Mindy Kaling, who was on The Office. Do you know who I'm talking about? Kind of sounds familiar, but I don't think I know her and I don't know either of those programs either. So I didn't even watch the British version of The Office. Well, so. I hated the show The Office. <laughs> But she had a, a show on for a while. I think it was just called The Mindy Kaling Show. And I do like her. So I've been listening to some of her writing. And she's humorous and, you know, talks about kind of interesting things in life. And then a book that I don't know if you and I talked about this, but this was probably this summer that I listened to this one, maybe back a little further than that. But it's a book called No Bad Parts. And it is by Richard Swartz. Ah, of course. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, I'm thinking that sounds familiar. Hold on a minute. Let me just reach up here. Yes, there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) Show you the actual book that I have there. I haven't actually read it yet, but I have read his other book. He, of course, is the guy who came up with Internal Family Systems, which is, as I've mentioned before, the type of therapy that my counselor used and very good book called you are the one you've been waiting for Ah. and I can remember getting an awful lot out of that but yes I, I do have no bad parts but I haven't actually read it yet I have a feeling it probably repeats a lot of the information in sure. different ways So it's a book about healing trauma. The subtitle is Healing Trauma and Restoring Wholeness with the Internal Family Systems. So it's really kind of looking at our different subparts of our personality and recognizing there might be one part that's acting out, interfering for us and how to kind of get that part to cooperate differently and stuff. So it's it's a really great book. So some work kind of related books and then some just for fun kind of books. Those are the things that I've been, I say reading, but technically listening to. Does he read it himself with that that one or does it have a narrator? No, no. Right. Yeah, I remember one of the, it, I like the title of that book because it's, it's actually one of the keyest, key concepts that I took away from this therapy structure. I dug into it a lot. Jay Early, I think he's called, writes a lot of books about internal family systems um, and how you can kind of practice it on yourself, really. Mm-hmm. So I I really got into it and, and did a lot of reading around it. But one of the things, but the thing, the, the biggest thing, really, that I took a, away from it was that there are no bad parts, that all these parts of you are acting from a place of protection. And once once you actually get your head around that and really accept that, you start looking at the way you've looked at, you would label it problematic behaviors that you have. You start looking at them in a different light from a different perspective. And I often 
am reminded of the things I've learned from this structure. And funnily enough, I was just thinking about it the other day with, I think I've mentioned to you that I had that really bad episode following eating some gluten, eating a bagel. And I sort of put everything on that. But when I was thinking about it the other day, yes, that probably was a big part of it. But I think I'm also one of these people that reacts to too much sort of social connection and stimulation. I am a real introvert. And I think there is a thing where, although... We very much enjoy social interaction. It sort of can be a bit too much. And it's it's a bit like having a massive sugar spike that you have to have that drop afterwards. And I started thinking, I wonder if I have a bit of a reaction to when I sort of get overstimulated socially, mm-hmm. that that part of me, I can remember my counselor saying to me start thinking about depression as a part and think about how it might be protecting you how is it causing you to behave in such a way that this is actually a protective mechanism and so I was starting to think about that the other day and I wondered if it was your body saying hey this is like overstimulated this is I feel too anxious I feel too you know something that I need to depress you I need to get you to stay at home on your own hide away recharge mm-hmm. your batteries and this is the this is the big thing that he talks about as you know with the parts the problem is they start from a place of protection but they just go a bit too far and that's when it becomes problematic it turns into addictive tendencies mm-hmm. or or what have you so that could be where that starting into depression is actually coming from a protective place but it just goes a bit wrong so sometimes it yeah it's just interesting I start thinking oh I wonder if it's a bit more you know like that and start looking at some of these things that I was thinking god this is just a this is a really bad place to be in I don't like feeling like this but it it just really encourages me to look at it from a slightly different direction yeah helping yourself to kind of see it as what role might this be serving for me? Yeah. Besides it being a negative role. And then maybe in this example, how can I accept that without getting stuck in it? Yes, exactly. Because then hopefully the result of that is that you come back out of it a lot faster. So that's what I've been listening to as far as reading stuff. How about you? I think you've said some novels. Well, what has been my thing is just binging various sort of trashy thriller novels, really. But I've got a little bit out of the habit of that, mostly because I've exhausted most of the content that is in the sort of Audible Plus catalogue. I think I've listened to all the decent ones and I was really getting to the dregs and starting to think, actually, these are really bad now. (laughs) You're going to have to switch to something else or get even more credits to buy some decent ones. But a couple of things I've been reminded of this week. I haven't been swimming much for 
various reasons. It's not been very nice weather. The sea's been very rough um, because there's been lots of rain. There's been lots of sewage dumping. Uh, the builders have been around. It's been really difficult to dry my gear. There's just been all sorts of reasons why I haven't been much at all. And I've spoken before about all the benefits, you know, I would get from from my regular every morning dip in the sea, especially as the water's starting to get a little bit colder. Um, so I knew this weekend was going to be nice weather. So I was determined to get back in the sea. And so I have been in both this morning and yesterday morning. And as you know, I have been very stressed out with builders or more accurately plasterers this week. It's been a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of headaches. So I got in the sea yesterday and it's still not particularly cold. It, it must be a good 14 or 15 degrees, but it's noticeably a little bit colder. And I came out and gosh, although it didn't last all day, I was really reminded of the reset that it gives me. Just the everything that I've, you know, that I've spoken about before, the whole experience, the exercise getting down there, the being under the big sky, the being in the big sea, being a little bit cold, being simulated, sitting afterwards, enjoying a cup of coffee and, you know, an audio book, whatever. And so just really reminded that I, I need to really try and carve out that time, even though it's difficult. Um, not necessarily, it's not going to be possible every day, but really try and take advantage of particularly the weekends when usually there aren't builders around. And the other thing, amusingly, that I was reminded of, do you remember the episode, the standing on one leg episode? I do. The importance of being able to do that and the importance of balance. But I was kind of laughing to myself about that because I was doing a lot of standing on one leg, just getting changed. Everything was was very wet, didn't have a nice in the summer. Everything dries out and you have a nice dry area to stand on and get changed afterwards. But now it's next to impossible to find that. So, you know, I'm trying to get changed. It's a little bit cold and I don't want to put my foot down because I'm going to get my sock wet and all the rest of it. So I, I was doing a lot of standing on one leg and not falling over. <laughs> nice. So I was reminded of that episode. But generally, over the last few weeks, I've, I've just felt necessary, I guess, or just interested in any way. It's just broadening my non-fiction knowledge a bit more. I think I've mentioned before that I haven't really watched the news for years now. Um, I just decided, a bit like Brene Brown, really, that it was just too much stress. I think she talks about it, doesn't she? And it's just this sort of constant, there's always something awful going on somewhere and it and it's just too much. But I always feel a kind of a little bit guilty. I feel a bit obligated that I should know a bit more about what's going on. So I haven't got back into watching the news. I've watched a little bit here and there, but I have noticed, and maybe it's always been like this, but when I have tuned into this sort of more mainstream media, it does seem to be getting more and more sort of skewed and curated. 
maybe I've noticed this, like, for example, I've noticed with the articles that come out from The Guardian, which I've always really liked and still enjoy some of those. But it's very skewed towards a, a vegan agenda, for example. They're almost always either directly saying or definitely implying that, you know, we should be not eating meat or eating far less meat and meat is what's killing the planet and, and all these things. Um, so I've just become a bit more aware of that. So I've been looking for some other places to get some information. I've been watching some interesting things on YouTube about regenerative farming, for example, been watching some interesting videos about that. I've been tuning back into John Campbell his videos. I don't know if you've ever come across him. He was making daily videos when, uh, well, before actually the, the COVID pandemic started. He used to do videos every day talking about the stats and, and different information that was coming out. And I'd stopped watching those, but have, have got back into watching him again a bit more. He's been coming out with some interesting videos, asking some interesting and challenging questions and some things that really should be being discussed on mainstream media and on the news and things and that aren't, you know, things that are being debated in Parliament and all sorts of, of things like that. So I've just been trying to sort of broaden my knowledge current affairs and news wise, but not necessarily in the normal places and trying to get as balanced a view as I can by, you know, looking at different sides. So I've been doing that. I recently listened to The Vegetarian Myth by Lear Keith, which I found extremely interesting. I'd resisted it for years, thinking it was going to be a bit vegan vegetarian bashing actually though funnily enough being somebody who eats very much not that way I've always very much sort of resisted having a go at the vegans but so I'd resisted it for a long time but I noticed that it was about to expire on the free audible plus catalog so I thought I'm going to listen to that very very interesting I really really enjoyed her perspective. I liked the fact it was a little bit like it reminded me of James Nestor's book, Breath. Is it Breath or Breathe? All about the importance of nasal breathing. And I really liked his perspective because he came at it very much from a cynical point of view. And she was similar in that she was a, she was a staunch vegetarian and would still like to be a vegetarian. But went through all the arguments and really dug into the science about it, dug into all the facts about climate change and and everything in, in a lot of detail and came to the conclusion that she just couldn't be if she was interested in protecting the planet as much as she could. Um, she couldn't be a vegetarian. So I found that fascinating. Didn't she also suffer some irreparable damage yes from all of the years of her previous eating um, just from deficiencies in certain nutrients and things that stood out to me about her yes actually some some really quite severe damage but very very interesting book and does get pretty militant towards the end about her her top three things that actually will save the planet 
what I have a lot of respect for her for is that she is really living, breathing everything she preaches. You know, everything she lays out, these are the things that we can really do to help. And she's, she's doing all of them. You know, she hasn't had children. She doesn't have a car. And she grows her own food. And that includes growing animals to eat, basically. So very, very interesting. I enjoyed that, especially, like I say, because I resisted it for so long. I heard her on a podcast one time, which originally got me interested. But one of the podcasts that I listened to her on was, I'm not even going to think of the name of it, Body Confidential something. Gosh, I can't think of the name of it with the guy who does no sugar, no grain or no grain, no sugar, whatever his thing is. Oh, lots of issues with that podcast. But um, in this episode, they talked about a time when she got up and I don't remember if she was a speaker or if she won an award. But when she got to the mic, someone jumped out of the crowd and sprayed her with pepper, uh, ground. Wow. Gosh, I didn't know you were going to be talking about her, so I don't, I don't have my story straight in my head. But basically, you know, if someone puts a pie in someone's face that's all whipped cream or something, mm. it was kind of like that, but it was all, I don't know if it was pepper or something like that. So that was in her face and it was a really bad reaction. But just the violence of, you know, Gosh. how adamantly opposed to her people are because she turned sides. She went from being a very staunch vegan supporter to now being the opposite. And people have not been kind. Honestly, though, it's really hard. I mean, clearly, I'm biased. You know, I, I do eat meat. I've got no intention of stopping eating meat. But it's really difficult to argue with anything she says. She goes through everything mm -hmm. in in great detail. And like I say, but for, very much from a position, I would rather be a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I could stay being a vegetarian and be healthy and practice all these things I preach about protecting the environment, I would do it. So even even mm -hmm. now, she would, she would still rather be doing that. But yeah. she can't justify it. Yeah. Which to me is also powerful. Certain medical people that I follow went through standard medical training and now can't prescribe and treat people mm. that way because they see the limits, they see the shortcomings of it and have had to look at medicine in different ways. And I always have more found respect for them because they had to betray their background. Yeah to advance their knowledge and advance their approach. So I should go back to that book. I do have it and I should go back to that. It's interesting. It really makes me wonder whether that person that put the horrible pie in her face had actually read the book. Uh, I'm guessing no, <laughs> because I don't think it matters. I mean, yeah, because every argument that you could put forward she yeah. just destroyed it. You know, it reminded me of uh, Nina Teichholz's book, The Big Fat Surprise. Mm -hmm. Every argument is just torn apart piece by piece by piece in great detail. Mm -hmm. Same, it had that same vibe to it. Very impressive research. Glad you reminded me of that. I need to go back to listening <laughs> to her some more. Good reminder. Um, and then the other things, when my sister was here a few weeks back, she put me on to some 
some new podcasts that she'd been listening to and a local friend recommended some as well. And I know you're a fan of true crime podcasts. So I have a few that I will just rattle off. I won't go into great detail, but I really enjoyed all of them. And I think if you're a fan of true crime, if you're a fan of that sort of investigative journalism type podcast, these are all sort of six, eight episodes. So, they, you know, they dig in in quite a lot of depth and all of them very, very good. From The Telegraph and my local friend and I were, were joking about this because it's always been... Although a decent newspaper, quite right wing, so it's always something that we've resisted, but they put out some very good podcasts and actually have been writing some good articles too. Um, but the first one is called Call Bethel, and that is all about sexual abuse in the Jehovah's Witnesses organization. Another one that there are two seasons of is called Bed of Lies. Season number one was all about the spy cops in the UK, as they were known. These were undercover police that went into various sort of um, activist communities. The abuse really that went on, it was mostly male officers and they lied their way into relationships and even married and had um, children with these women. And it's, and it's all starting to go through the courts now. It's all coming out. Very interesting, um, especially if you're a Brit. I'm sure you will remember hearing about it, but very, very interesting. And the second season was digging into how infected blood and plasma caused devastation in the haemophiliac community. And so there's, there's all sorts of big pharma corruption and conspiracies to get dug into there. Again, very, very interesting. Learned a lot by listening to that. All things that I kind of had skirted around hearing about and was aware of, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, you know, when we all got terrified by AIDS and hearing about the, the, the devastation that was wreaked in the haemophiliac community. So it, it was really interesting to revisit that and actually really learn some solid information about it. From The Guardian, I mentioned earlier, a podcast called Can I Tell You a Secret, which is all about cyber stalking. And it was talking about one guy in particular who'd been doing all the cyber stalking and went on to actually a criminal case against him. And then on Audible, Man in a Bag, the very interesting <laughs> Very, very interesting story about a, I want to say word for MI, I think it was MI6. He was a, a spy, basically, called Gareth Williams, who was discovered dead in a duffel bag in his bath in his apartment. And there were all sorts of conspiracy theories flying around about how he ended up dead in a duffel bag. Was it the Russians? Did he do it to himself? Was it a some kind of sex game gone wrong. So yes, very interesting. Again, I enjoyed. Um, what else? 
Finding Q, that was on Audible. My Journey into QAnon. So it was it was digging into that. It was a Brit where it spent most of his time in America. But basically he was trying to find Q. And obviously in the process talked all about QAnon and all the things going on. And last but not least, and I've just finished this series, it was called Edge of Reality. And it's all about reality TV and the surprising and appalling number of suicides that have been associated with um, reality TV, whether it is contestants or people who work for it in the production or people like Caroline Flack, who presented Love Island. So they were they were talking about various different stories about that. But again, really digging into the the corruption really that goes on and the and the terrible manipulation of vulnerable people. So there you go. All sorts of interesting, interesting, interesting podcasts. I think some of those might just tickle your fancy. Oh, and one I forgot, which is, I think, the one I started with, West Cork, which um, was all about a French woman who was murdered by, well, they're not entirely sure by whom in West Cork, but the podcast digs into the guy who was the main suspect who still lives in the area. And the podcast was really delving into whether they thought he did it or not. So that was that was another very, very interesting one. And it was my local friend who who told me about that one and her. She comes from that area. So she had the sort of local knowledge and gossip about it. Gotta love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also I watched a show about QAnon. I'm not sure if it was the same one that you followed a podcast of, but scary. Another show that I watched on going into the true crime, real life kind of thing was on Netflix called The Vatican Girl. And this was about a young girl that was kidnapped in 1983 in the Vatican. And I think the most interesting thing to me about it, one, they're interviewing her family now, like her siblings now, you know, in their 60s and whatnot. But um, the idea that there was so much corruption going on. And if you follow the story, and some of it was complicated for me to follow, but the idea that at one point when she was missing, the Pope made an announcement that had some very odd things in it. And so then there was all of this conspiracy theory kind of, you know, investigation going on, like, was the Pope involved? Mm. Was this about money laundering? And it goes into all of these details. It was amazing. So, you know, if you don't mind uh, rattling your belief system about a a system like that. It was interesting. That sounds good. I quite like these when they 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 use the sort of the conspiracy angle as a a vehicle to, you know, keep your interest, but they mm-hmm. they gradually dig into all the different sort of conspiracy ideas and either find some truth in them or disprove them. It's a good structure, I think, for a lot of these things. Especially if so much conspiracy is involved in it all anyway. Absolutely. 
Is it wackadoodle or is there actually some truth behind it? (laughs) (laughs) And then there was another one that I just watched maybe last weekend. This one was on Hulu and it's called God Forbid. And it is a sex scandal involving a pool boy and Jerry Falwell and his decline. Not something I knew much about. I don't know who that is. I'm guessing American listeners will know who that is. His father was a, a minister that was very um, well-known. Had When I was growing up, Sunday morning, you could watch him on TV oh, right, okay. actually broadcast his sermons. But his son um, was the president of Liberty University, which is a Christian university in Virginia. And I'm just telling you, this story is amazingly kind of scary because it gets into a lot of the political stuff with the Christian right and um, recent politicians and presidents. So, um, Oh, that does sound interesting. The other one I watched, Daisy, I have to admit, I fell asleep. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not a really good critic of this one. But the fact that I fell asleep probably tells you something. But it was an HBO show called The Lady and the Dale. Hmm. And it is a documentary miniseries. But I, I wish I could think of the way to describe how they did it because I've never seen something done this way before. So they had like photos of the people involved And they had almost like animated bodies with the photo as the face moving. That sounds so so weird. (laughs) It wasn't like having actual footage of the people doing these things, you know, back in 1972 or whatever. But they had, again, the image transposed over an animated body. So anyway, it was about someone named Elizabeth Carmichael who launched the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation and created a car called the Dale. And it was just about all of this deceit and covering up. And in the end, the main character, uh, the, the person this is about, was actually transgender. And so then there was a lot of controversy of, you know, was she being Uh, attacked for her behaviors because of being transgender, but it was a lot of stealing from people, moving around, getting away with taking people's money and leaving and not following through on what what she said. And it was interesting, (laughs) obviously not interesting enough that I could stay awake, Mm -hmm. but I think the way it was put together, I wonder if this is going to be a new technology that will be used for documentaries because if it is I'm going to have a hard time with them but it was pretty interesting I was going to say it doesn't sound like the best vehicle for it yeah it was very strange very strange but it had come highly recommended for someone so I thought okay I'll watch it and then it was just like oh my gosh I I cannot even follow this um so that is my foray into oh I also watched a one called Killer Sally (laughs) And this was about... (laughs) A killer called Sally. (laughs) It was. And um, mostly it's interviewing her after the fact, but she killed her husband and he was a bodybuilder. She was a bodybuilder. And she claims that he was being abusive and has a lot of evidence of this. But um, the prosecution claimed that she was the one that was abusive and um, obsessive about him. And so... Just, just one of those true life stories that just makes you sad kind of watching um, 
their kids were involved and, you know, watching them being taken away. It was actually their stepdad, but their stepdad being killed in front of them and then them having to go into foster care and the, the mom going to prison. And oh, it, it was a little bit heartbreaking just to watch how this unfolds. Um, and it's in a small town, not too far from where I live now. So oh, really? um, in Oceanside, California. Yeah. So if you're at all interested in the bodybuilder scene and, and some of the issues with, with that culture, this was kind of an interesting documentary as well. Did she kill him like with bodybuilder equipment or something? Uh, no, a very large rifle. Oh, crikey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So I think that that kind of exhausts the things that I've been spending my time outside of work and, you know, just kind of socializing and things. These have been my ways of diverting my time. Yes, I don't know about you, but I find the amount of potential stuff there is to watch on TV overwhelming these days. There is just so much out there. There are so many series that I've started and have watched like season one and and I've sort of delayed watching season two and we're now on season three or four or something. It's like, oh my goodness, there's so much to catch up on all this. I feel a bit overwhelmed with the amount of TV there kind of is to get through because I don't watch very much anymore. I used to watch an awful lot more and more actually I get through a lot of audio stuff because Mm -hmm. I'm doing it while I'm doing something else so it's on all the time that I'm not doing something like editing which is obviously a lot of the time but it's amazing how much you can listen to by switching it on every time you do the washing up when you're making your breakfast when you're boiling the kettle for a cup of coffee when you're walking the dogs. We're, you know, it's amazing how quickly you can rack up a lot of audio stuff mm-hmm. where, of course, when you're watching TV, yes, you might be doing something at the same time, but it's it's like reading a book, isn't it? It's the kind of thing that you've got to put more focus on doing, mm-hmm. whereas that's the thing I like with listening to things. I can be doing them while I'm doing something else, which is how I seem to rack up a huge amount of hours audio-wise. Yeah, I was pretty impressed that I listened to an entire book in one day. Yeah. I can't even think of the time I've last read an entire book in one day, but I listened to the whole thing. I had so many jigsaw puzzles done during that time. (laughs) That's the thing I really like about audio books because there are quite a few books that I've listened to that I wanted to read that I might even have the book And I just never get around to reading the physical Mm -hmm. book because of that sort of focus that's needed, let alone the fact that my eyes don't work properly. But if you listen to it, you get it done and it's listened to like you did in a day or a few days. And yes, it's amazing how many books you can get through. That's right. So there you go. A bit of an insight into our minds and what we're interested in listening to and watching and reading. And next week, we'll be back with our usual lineup, and it will be Daisy's turn. It will. So I'll be, I'll be ready. <laughs> okay, so until then, I hope you have a very wonderful week. You too, Daisy. Take good care, everybody. 